Welcome to the Unity Factor. Hello, it's your host, Julian, with co-hosts Jonah Wade and Josh John. It's been a minute. We've been gone for a while. I know we've all had our summer things that we've been doing. But today, we're going to be talking about defunding the police and what a conservative thinks about it and what a liberal thinks about it. So, you guys ready to hop in? Let's do it. It's been a second, but I'm ready to get back into it. So, I guess I'll start. So, the first thing I I would say about this whole argument about defunding the police is that there's not really an agreed upon definition for it. Like some people I've talked to are like, okay, let's cut some funds, you know, let's reallocate some funds, but still have a law enforcement of some degree. And some people are like, no, we need to abolish the police. So um, that's one thing that's confusing is that some people think it means one thing. Some people think it means the other thing. Can we just get a little bit of like introduction onto why this defund the police thing has started? And I know most people probably know, but just in case someone doesn't understand or doesn't know why, um, it's a little bit intro into it. Yeah, I mean, the, the killing of George Floyd kind of sparked uh, the country. It put the country spotlight on, you know, police, police brutality. And, and then a lot of people started paying attention to um, legal protections for cops and just the, how we can change the policing system in general to, to not repeat you know, the killing, the killings of innocent black people in this country. So that's kind of where the whole attention to it started. And you've seen movements like the Black Lives Matter movement crying out to defund the police has become a hashtag, it's become a trending, you know, thing on social media. So that's kind of where it started. Um, but back to what I was saying. So for me, when I look at the police system in this country, um, police have to do a lot of jobs that they're not trained for. So police in America deal with stuff like addiction, poverty, homelessness, and mental illness basically things that they weren't trained to do. So what you have is you have police doubling as social workers, doubling as conflict negotiators and medical responders sometimes. So instead of having the police doing all these jobs, we need to put more money into hiring and training social workers who are actually equipped to deal with this kind of stuff. Here's an interesting stat for you to back this up. Last year, more police officers died from suicide than in the line of duty. So police officers, right, they're trained to deal with crime. Okay, they're trained to deal with violent threats. But a lot of times police officers are tasked with breaking up, you know, a a homeless encampment that is, you know, illegally, you know, put there or things of that nature. So I think while we still need, if if you're a society and you have laws, you need some kind of mechanism to enforce those laws. So what we should do is while we still need law enforcement, we need to totally revamp the way they're trained, obviously, and put a lot of more emphasis on conflict de-escalation than violence. And also invest heavily in social workers who will deal with things like addiction, things like homelessness to help the overall, help those problems overall. So you think police are, there's too much on the police to solve like a total umbrella amount of issues instead of them being able to only do like violent crimes um, and things of that nature? Right. If there's someone breaking into your house, obviously I think you should, you should have somebody to, you should have, you know, armed people to to call, right? But you shouldn't have those people who have been trained to see everything and everyone as a threat to have to deal with things like mental illness because they're not equipped to deal with that. If you have a social worker who has some compassion and who has training dealing with, you know, people who are substance addicted um, or homeless people, people, other people who are just outcast by society, you're going to have much better outcomes than you would if you have the police dealing with all those. And again, back to the fact that more police officers died from suicide than in the line of duty last year. That obviously says that something is off. Yeah. Um, uh, so I was just going to say, I mean, I don't think 
I think probably 99% of cops out there are very compassionate when it comes to these issues. Um, the problem is that a lot of these 99, but okay. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, they are definitely compassionate people. That's the problem. We all see people don't want to paint one group of people with a large brush, but then when it comes to cops, they do it with everybody else. So, I mean, they are compassionate at their source. Yes, there are bad apples in that bunch. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and defend those four cops who did that to George Floyd, or the cop that did that to Philando Castile, and all those other people. But I will say that at the crux of this argument is for like the def- defunding of the police. People are starting to say, "Yeah, we should defund the police to get them away from situations regarding mental health or." Um, substance abuse or homelessness, right? So a lot of those, that point does make sense on a surface level, but a lot of those issues deal with legality. And so cops, they are there to enforce laws. So this really doesn't fall on the cops. This falls on the state legislators, city council. It it falls on them to either revise their laws, like what how we enforce drug laws or poverty, right? Like if there's a homeless person right outside of business, they'll have, they'll be forced to move or whatever, right? So I think we should train cops differently than we are now because in the middle of this, every cop is trained, right, to see, to analyze the situation and make sure that they get out of it safely. So if we train them also to deal with mental health, poverty, and substance abuse, then we can limit these negative interactions with the cops for those disenfranchised groups as well. Here's the thing though, is that like, that's too, I think that's too much of a burden on the cops is that you can't, you like, you, you need mental health experts who are, and you have a lot of them, you know, you you can't, I think that's asking too much of the cops to say, okay, deal with violent crime and deal with um, people like victims of substance abuse and all this stuff. Also, when you talk about training, just in general, you need a massive overhaul of the way cops are trained. You know, you yeah. see, um, you combine basically right now, a lot of cops are trained very, very heavily in, in violence. And there's, they're trained to see everything as a threat and they're trained to stop the threats before they happen, before they turn into violence. And you have very, very little emphasis on de-escalation. Cops in other well, countries don't even, a lot of them don't even carry weapons. You know, I'm not saying that cops shouldn't carry weapons. But there's a massive, massive emphasis on seeing everything as a threat and reacting beforehand instead of trying to de-escalate conflicts, and that will save lives. And it's proven; studies have proven that cops with more de-escalation training um, don't kill as many innocent people. Yeah, de-escalation training should be instituted, but I think but cops are not trained to see everything as a threat. They're trained to identify threats. There's a difference. So if you pull up if you pull over a car and you pull up to their window and you see them as a threat you're automatically going to you know put your hand on your gun right but well, if you times the people that are being killed are not threats and none of them have guns that's the problem exactly exactly they, they need they sorry go. they need to be they need to be trained differently right because somehow through that training they've it's manifested in their like okay like cuz these cops see a lot cops see a lot of bad stuff right so eventually you get tired out of it and then you start to be like, okay, I need to take this more seriously or I need to view this person as a threat for right now, right? But if you give them mental health training, like if you give them mental health benefits, 
which they should because they see a lot and they go through a lot. If you help them to deal with that and then you also give them training on how to deal with that with other people like civilians so that there isn't as much police involved fatalities or injuries or whatnot. But you, so do you think we should have armed police officers going into homeless encampments and, and, and um, communities where there's heavy um, numbers of um, drug abusers? It should be the armed guards who are trained to evaluate threats. Those should be the people that are helping well, if, okay. disconnect the communities or should it be people who are trained in mental illness and dealing with okay. mental illness and dealing with addiction? So you reference drug abuse, right? When you're on drugs, when you're high or whatever, you're not thinking straight. So if you send but a that social make worker you in there, being on it doesn't, being on, it doesn't, but it, but it brings make you violent, more likely to attack a cop. It doesn't, but it also affects your decision making. So if you send a social worker in there with 30, 40 people there, a lot of them maybe be on may might be on drugs. You don't know what could happen. That person's put in danger, and not all cops are going to be like are going to pull out a gun. They know some of them, some police departments institute these types of trainings. Not all of them, but some of them do. So it's not like every single cop is going into these homeless encampments and pulling out their gun and waving at them, telling them to get out of there. Yeah, no, but they, they, don't, do they don't know how to deal with manners. it. And a lot of times that the fact that they don't know how to deal with it and they're not trained in that results in the use of force, even if it's not necessary. Yeah, well, we're, we're agreeing that there needs to be a change in the training on how they're how they deal with these different situations but i still think that sending social workers in there is not the right choice it is dangerous for the social worker and it's dangerous for the homeless people julian what do you think um for me i think when i look at this issue about defund the police and what to do i sort of think about it in the aspect of i understand defunding the police does not mean get rid of the police i think like getting I rid mean, of the some police people is do very, think that. that's the thing but i know yeah. and i don't I, I don't agree with that i think that's stupid like i'm just gonna be a blade i think that's just stupid and dumb i don't get rid of the police like that it's just dumb but what does need to happen is that we need to stop as a society spending so much money on the police and where we prioritize our money um i'm gonna read you some of the budgets that u.s cities have on policing so in new york city they spend about 5.6 5.61 billion, which is about 7.7% of their budget. In Los Angeles, it's 1.73 billion, which is about 25.5% of their budget, one fourth. In Chicago, they spend 1.68, um, which is about 40% of their budget. Um, in Houston, they spend about almost a billion, which is 33%, a third of their budget. So you see these, a lot of the budgets for US cities are based on policing. And studies have shown that the police don't tend to stop violence necessarily. Like the more policing, there's not really the connection to there's no violence. Like they don't end, they don't make a place more safer. They just get there at the crime scene. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think we need to stop spending so much money on the police for preventative and for violence and more money into and more allocation of money and funds into areas which will stop violence and which will stop people from doing violent things. If you can reinvest in the communities and you can reinvest in the people that live within those communities, you can drive something and drive people to be more than criminals um, or more have, make them look at different ways and give them opportunities. Um, I know a lot of people and a lot of kids say that 
they have no one around or there's just no job opportunities. And the only way they can make money is to sell drugs, be a part of a gang um, because they don't have, they're in, either in single parent households. There's no after school opportunities. Um, there's no after school sports, no music, no arts. Um, and if we can invest, and I, I always believe in education. I think education is one of the most important things um, in the world. And it's one of the greatest gifts someone can have. And when we have a society where we take money away from the education system and re and put it somewhere like the military or the policing, that shows what kind of society we are. We expect these people to become threats, to be criminals, because we invest that in policing, which will then put them in jail. And we take it away. We take away their opportunities. And that's where I sort of agree with defunding the police in certain aspects, um, with defunding, take the money away from the police um, budgets and put it into homeless services, put it into health services, put it into public housing, um, youth and development opportunities um, and jobs. And that's about it. I mean, even if you compare what the budget is, I'm going to like, I'll read the Chicago budget. um, Like I said, 1.7 for Chicago police, but then for library, the library budget in Chicago is $72 million. The health budget is $55 million in Chicago. In comparison but to Chicago, police, Chicago is also one of the most violent cities in the country. I think it was last year, two years ago, they had over 760 million, I mean, 760 homicides. It's you got to look at it why has, that is. It has the look at the underlying causes. You yeah, 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 but I agree violent. with you. They're violent I agree because with they you. are what? Like, they're violent because they have to turn to that because their community yeah, you have to, is so underfunded. You have to cut off the pre K to prison pipeline. And as Julian said, education is the linchpin to helping these disenfranchised communities. And also, people are too afraid to talk about this, but the single motherhood rate in the African-American community is somewhere around 70%. So you have single mothers who are running the household, who are trying to make ends meet. And so that means that they're working one, two, maybe sometimes three jobs, right? Okay, that mom's not going to be around as much for that kid. That kid might get into the wrong crowd. But if you have both parents there, you can, of course, combine that income, and then you don't have to work as many jobs. You have a stable father figure who can lead you down the right path as well, and then you won't like that. That's also a big part of this. Yeah. What if we like raise the minimum wage so you didn't have to work three jobs? I don't know. Oh so God. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That that's like, a cool. whole different debate. As a whole, no, we're not going to get into that. But I mean, yeah. Again, you got to look at why. Why? Why is a single motherhood rate? so high you can't like i'm not saying you do this but a lot of people i see making this argument are like oh they just assume it's because you know why are why are black fathers leaving at such a great big rate is it because of them something in them inherently is different no no it's the underlying exactly i'm not saying you're making that point but a lot of people i see making that point and it's it's honestly a it's a dog whistle what it really is i think in our culture we have allowed um, fathers like leaving a pregnant woman. We've allowed it to become, okay, it's fine. Who cares? It's cool if you get a girl pregnant and then you just dip out the scene. Like nobody. No. People, I wouldn't I, say it's societally. No, acceptable. yes. Yes, it definitely is. I don't it know definitely is. That. You guys know how we talk at school, right? You smash and dash okay, or whatever. That's just because like. A bunch no, of no, rappers no. say that. I don't know. I don't know if that reflects. Yes, like, but why? Why do you? Why do you think the rappers say it? Okay, the rappers say it to get money. Okay, that means that there's a market for it, right? 
So I've never heard a rapper, rapper say that. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put that out there. All right, you know how they objectify women. There's not really a. Okay. Okay. I get that. I'll take your point. And then okay, so but then you have that right. It's just because rap is a big part of American culture right now. We're gonna so you have that. Yeah. 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 But you're feeding that into these communities, and people see that. All right, it's fine if I just you know smash and dash or whatever, get a girl pregnant, and then not in the scene. So then it's not taboo anymore because then you that leads to the single motherhood rate. Okay, but and I then also that, you have okay. also you have unfair policing practices that play into it. You have a whole bunch of things. I think you have to make the distinction between teens who have like unsafe sex and accidentally get pregnant versus adults because I feel like there's a big difference. I feel like if you want to reduce the teen pregnancy rate, you can invest in education about contraception or just invest in contraception Planned in general. Parenthood. You know. Like, oh, and I think there's, I think there's a distinguishable parenthood. difference between, you know, adults who are like adults who are like, I physically, I have my own job and I live by myself, but I cannot support a kid with someone else. And just teenagers, teenagers who are idiots and don't use like contraception. You know? Okay. But if you, if, okay, if two consenting adults have sexual interactions, right? The woman gets pregnant and the dude leaves. And then his excuse is. Um, I can't afford propping up a kid. I can't afford providing for you guys. Shouldn't he have thought about that before he got into that? But you, like you, it's not always a thought out thing, you know, and sometimes exactly. you try to use contra- contraception and it doesn't work, but we're getting off topic. I yeah, want to I wanna say one, I want to say more things about defunding the police argument. Um, one thing that I think has a very good thing that has come out of this is that when you say defund the police, it shifts the Overton window. So now reforming the police is the compromise position, right? Because you have some people saying defund the police and people are like, oh, well, well, it's kind of extreme. How about we just reform? And now reforming becomes a compromise position, whereas in the past, it hasn't been that way. Very yeah, let me read you stat also so it goes to one of Jonah's points earlier. Um, so this is stats for police arrests in a year. 80% of police arrests are for minor offenses and only 5% are for violent crimes. Mm. So that sort of shows how police don't necessarily, aren't necessarily used for really violent crimes most of the time and how they're put in situations which can usually easily be handled, but just somehow stray off. But then who do you send to do that? Like, all right, it's still a crime. You got to send in trained professionals to deal with crime. How about we decriminalize all drugs so it's not a crime? So people who have just an ounce of marijuana on them <laughs> okay. aren't all drugs. <laughs> yes, decrimi- dude. If, if it's either a health issue or it's a criminal issue, it's either heroin. A health issue. Yes, heroin. People who are addicted to heroin should not be locked in prison. That's not going to help them get better. They're going to come out no, and they're going to keep doing I understand heroin. That you, point. Have, you have to put them in rehab. You have to you have to create facilities so they get off of those drugs. I'm not saying legal. I'm not saying sell heroin in every CVS and Walmart. But if you <laughs> if you think it's a if you think it's an addiction issue, then you can't lock people up for it. It's either a criminal issue or it's an addiction issue. It's a health issue. You, it can't be both. You know what I'm saying? And other countries like Portugal, Portugal has decriminalized all drugs, and it's worked out great. Their addiction rates have gone down. You know, it's worked. So yeah, I mean, I think so, you though. can laugh at it all you want, but like that's a very and that's also an argument that's supported by the majority of the country. At least marijuana. I mean, I don't know about heroin and cocaine and all that. Yeah, shit. I highly doubt heroin is but very legal weed, dude, highly legal looked weed, upon upon legal legality. Weed is like 80%, right? And I wouldn't be surprised if decriminalizing all drugs is around 40 or 50. That's still a big margin of Americans that think that should be the case. 
And that's one thing. I think that's like a, yeah. That's one thing that I love, right? I'm, I'm a big Bernie Sanders guy's guy. You guys know this. I don't think he went far enough on that. One guy who did was Andrew Yang, right? You, oh, Andrew Yang's the UBI guy. But if you listen to anything he says besides that, he talks about decriminalizing all drugs and he brings up other countries like Portugal who have done it and it's worked. You know, so I think Bernie wants to legalize weed, which is great, but I think we need to go even farther than that, decriminalizing heroin, decriminalizing crack cocaine, all that stuff, so we can actually help people get in rehab, help people get better, not just locking them up. And that doesn't help them, you know? They go back on the street and they start reusing again because they don't have resources to get off of it. Yeah, I think which to is- that point, I think that makes more sense. I understand. I don't want other people to misinterpret this, but I think you mean the users, people who are addicted to it, where drug abuse is really an illness where they don't they shouldn't be the ones getting reprimanded for something that can really be an that is an illness it's the people exactly. that should be shouldn't people be. who deal those drugs but the people that deal those drugs and people that get money off of putting people on those drugs should face jail is that what you is that still yeah, what you're on drug dealers if you're if you have a massive like you know if you're dealing cocaine you're dealing heroin yeah obviously there should be crime for that but if you're if you're an addict and like you're addicted and you're you're making money and you're spending all your paycheck on that you shouldn't be then go to jail and then we can talk about how felons once you get out of jail for stuff like that it's so hard to get re-entered into society and get a job and stay on your feet you know it's a whole cycle so why don't we decriminalize it get those people help so we can make them functioning members of society and they can contribute instead of locking but then them. how are you how are you gonna imprison someone if it's legal how are you gonna imprison the drug dealer, if it's legal to sell, no, like possession, and buy drug, heroin, drug possession, right? Yeah, but you just, but you just said, but you just said, those drug dealers should be imprisoned. They should be put to jail, right? But you can't yeah, imprison degree, them right? if it's if it's not. You can't imprison them. Decriminalize the possession, not not dealing it, not selling it. That shouldn't. I don't think that should be decriminalized. Decriminalizing, like using it, you know, not if you're running a whole fucking. Like I'm watching Breaking Bad, bro. If you're if you're running a whole meth empire, obviously, oh, be, just because it's decriminalized, you shouldn't go to jail. Of course, you should go to jail. But if you're if you're one of if you're addicted and you're buying because your body physically, you know, you have no you have no way of stopping. You have no access to services that'll help you get off of a drug like heroin. Then I don't think you should go to jail. That's just going to screw it up even more as a, mentally and physically. Yeah, I think our criminal justice system does fail in that arena. Um, we got to. S- we got to take into account more rehabilitation instead of, you know, just punishment. I think rehab, because rehab, well, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's somewhere upwards of 75% of um, people in prison. They will get out sometime in their life. I think it's actually 90% or something, but they will get out of prison sometime. But then the recidivism rate is extremely high compared to other countries as well. So you have these guys getting out of prison, let's say, drug drug convictions and then they'll just go back because they didn't get the help that's necessary so i agree with you that um we need to invest more in rehab specifically for drug addicts and stuff like that indeed yeah i think some of my final words to this is i think that the u.s society and the u.s norms and u.s ideas sort of need to change i think we need to move away from this hard on crime hard on all people that do minor crimes and more into this education and rehabilitation of people. I think if we move away from being, cause we, we know it doesn't work. We know it just targets people of color um, and poor people. We know those, that's what hard on crime does and hard on um, drugs do. So I think if we move to de- be more about education 
and helping people, I think that's when we'll see a change. And I don't know if that's really going to happen anytime soon, but that's what I'm hoping eventually will happen. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that Joe Biden is being pushed on some of his issues to the left, you know, because that's where a lot of the country is in terms of defunding the police. I know he didn't, in his task force meetings, he didn't agree to end qualified immunity for police officers or legalize marijuana. But, you know, the more pressure we can put on these politicians as people who believe in this stuff and believe in, you know, police reform, the more pressure we can put on those, you know, centrist leaning Democrats to do that, the better. Mm. Any last words from any of you two? Or? I think that just um, covers it for me. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously a hot button issue. So if you have conversations, like me and Jonah are just polar opposites, really. But at the end of the day, me and Jonah are still buddies, still brothers. Love you, buddy. So don't ever let it get personal. Just have a policy difference. Don't have a personal difference. Cannot have yeah, said myself. I think that we're able to sit here and we're able to talk about these issues and really not yell at each other makes it a good thing. So hopefully we influence some people, some people that listen to the show to do the same thing, have conversations, talk, and discover new opinions and ideas. Also, if you want to learn more about police reform, a good source that I've been using is Campaign Zero. You can go to joincampaignzero.org. They have an entire plan um, to negate police brutality, a 10-step plan that I think is really really um, thought out and well well uh, articulated. So join campaignzero.org. Hey, also on another note, last last thing, uh, a lot of people are suffering out there with coronavirus and, you know, all these racial tensions and whatever. Wear so a check fucking in on mask. Your friends. Wear a yeah, fucking wear mask. mask. Wear a mask. Check in on your friends and uh, try, to, try to volunteer some time or donate some money. I know I'm trying to find a food pantry to volunteer for. Um, so, I mean, just try to help everybody out. Love God, love people. That's all you got to do. Amen. Josh, do you have a Blue Lives Matter plug or no? A what? A Blue Lives Matter plug. Plug? No. Okay, I just want, I just want to see if you did. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, this has been uh, another great episode. Hopefully, we'll be back on track to produce more and drop more episodes. So, thank you. Have Thanks, a good everybody. day. Peace.